3: It's a numbers game with your host Gil Alexander. You want those idiots who believe in
4: analytics? It is a numbers game here on V Happy to be with you on a Tuesday morning here at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Joe Fordenbaugh is going to be with us in five minutes. He's on Daily Wager. He's on Bet on ESPN Plus. He's, he's basically everywhere, uh, Joe. Uh, so we're we're going to talk NFC West and. Joe has some uh, baseball plays for today as well. And speaking of baseball plays, later in the show as well, eleven forty-five, the final segment of the show, Mark Borchard uh, will have some plays as well. Uh, I wonder if the Phillies are involved today with Mark Borchard. Uh, two for two in picking the Phillies last week when we had them uh, winning those two games, uh, and the Phillies, of course, coming off a dramatic win last night with a walk-off homer coming from five, from four runs down against the Washington Nationals for Philadelphia, or three and a half behind by Mets now. In the NFC East after the Mets split a double dip with Atlanta. Uh, Let's uh, let's show everyone what the the self-proclaimed coolest guy in the world, according to our producer today, Jason Kahn, uh, said, "Uh, there's Aaron Rodgers. There he is. He's there. It's all official. Even the Packers Twitter account tweeting it out. And what a shirt. Seriously, what a shirt. Uh, The NBA Jam style shirt. Uh, with uh, with Kevin Malone on the left and the infamous bowl of chili that he dropped all over the Dunder Mifflin office floor uh, in one of the later seasons of the office. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers looks relaxed. He's like, come on, guys. Did you really think I was going to step away? Did you really think I was going to retire from the game? Come on now. I still got it. He looks, looks chill and looks so calm. There it is. There's a close-up on the shirt. I mean, what a shirt. What a shirt uh there for Kevin Malone and uh and uh the uh the bowl of chili he dropped and uh, Brian Bumgarner, the actor who of course plays Kevin Malone on the office, uh already uh already tweeting about it as well. So Aaron Rodgers is there, the Packers now uh again the favorites to win the NFC North yet again. Uh the best number I've seen out there is even money on Green Bay. Most of the market about minus 130, which uh I think the minus one thirty is about right, and quite frankly. I'd lay up to about $1.60 on the Packers to win that division. They're just so much better than everybody else. But the full NFC North preview is coming tomorrow here on the program. Also, uh, some news that broke in the last hour. Again, not really bettable, but college athletic ramifications for the future of the NCAA and really college athletics as a whole. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma have officially notified the SEC. Uh, that they uh, they want in in uh, uh, July 1, 2025. The chances of them coming in on July 2025, I think, are slim and none because if they're not there by July 1 of 2022, I think it would be a big shock. Uh, there, of course, uh, the Big 12 uh, now is now back to the original state of the conference. The Big 8 maybe will come back if it even survives, but I would imagine that uh, the other eight teams are going to find new homes in the Big 12 uh, the Big 8, that conference uh, is going to be no more, even though uh, uh, 10 years ago it looked like it was going to be gone uh, with Missouri and Texas A&M leaving, and it looked like Texas and Oklahoma were going to go out west to the Pac-12, and now a decade later, Oklahoma and Texas uh, seem on the cusp of going to the SEC. Uh, just a matter of when, even though right, as of right now, July 1, 2025, there's almost no way that it'd actually be July 1, 2025. I would imagine It will be sooner uh, rather than later. I just want to hit one other thing here before we get to Joe. The Olympic uh, men's basketball team for Team USA tonight, they are a ginormous favorite tonight against Iran. Uh, As low as 39.5, Ben MGM has that as high as 41.5. Circa has that here in town. I understand Iran is not any good. And Team USA is just, again, they're more talented than everyone. It hasn't stopped uh, France and Nigeria and Australia from beating this version of Team USA. But isn't it kind of just a blind play on Iran tonight? They didn't look too bad against the Czech Republic. And I understand Iran and the Czech Republic are probably two of the three worst teams in this field with only the host nation, Japan, uh, possibly worse than either of those teams. But is Team USA really beating anyone by 40? I mean, with the way they have looked so far, and, and again, I mentioned it on primetime action yesterday, and I'm, I, I'm amazed that I was saying this, but Greg Popovich just got to let these guys cook. Let them be themselves. Just run the open offense like Slovenia did for Luka to the tune of 49 in the opener against Argentina. Again, Team USA, a 39 and a point favorite tonight, uh, tonight uh, technically morning in the East Coast, 940 here in Vegas for Team USA. It is a numbers game here on VCIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles, happy to be with you in Fort Gill, Alexander, this week. And now with us, it is Joe Fordenbaugh. Get him on the tweets at his name, at Joe Fordenbaugh. Uh, he's on Bet on ESPN Plus. And then, of course, Daily Wager every single day of the week on ESPN Two. Joe, uh, thanks for being with us this morning. And I want to start out with the NFC West. Of course, you spent many years in San Francisco. And I want to start with the Niners, who. Jimmy G expected to be the quarterback week one. Trey Lance looming over his shoulder. The Niners get all these great players, including Bosa, back from IR. They are the betting favorites right now at BetMGM at minus 180, or excuse me, at plus 180, with a win total of 10.5. Joe, what, what do you see your prospects this year for the San Francisco 49ers? Sky's the limit. It's a very good football team. Very Team with a
5: lot of potential I'm not going to pick them to win the division I'm sure we'll get to that as we work mm-hmm. our way through the rest of the teams but they're balanced on both sides of the ball this is a very good defensive unit that is losing Robert Salah the defensive coordinator but with Nick Bosa coming back and Javon Kinlaw on the interior of the defensive line ready to take that next step and become that DeForest Buckner like player they're going to be able to have a ferocious pass rush and if they do that it's going to come up, cover up some of the issues they may have in the secondary. That secondary looked so good two years ago on the way to the Super Bowl because the pass rush was so relentless. Fred Warner's going to be back at linebacker. They just gave him the new contract. So full faith and confidence in the defensive unit. Now, offensively, the big question is going to be about the quarterback position, Garoppolo versus Lance. I think the 49ers have an abundance of riches here. A lot of people don't like Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm a fan of his. If you go back to that Super Bowl run, Everyone's going to say it was Shanahan and the defense that got it done. Go to that New Orleans game on the road the week after playing on the road in the rain against Baltimore, and look at what Garoppolo did in that game when the defense was nowhere to be found. The guy can make some plays. He really can. And if he's holding it down until Lance is ready, the Niners are in a really good situation. It's got the most underrated pass-catching unit in the league with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle. The offensive line's in good shape. They're going to be able to run the ball as well. This is a very good football team. I bet him to get to the play- playoffs, I'm not going to be the least bit surprised if they make a deep run, but they're my second favorite in the NFC West right now.
4: Well, uh, Joe, let's uh, go to who I would anticipate is your favorite. And if I'm wrong, then you'll tell me why I'm wrong. The L.A. Rams, uh, who, uh, of course, acquired Matthew Stafford this offseason season. Uh, the Rams, depending on which book you're at, uh, either the favorite or Ben MGM, to the second favorite at plus 190. Uh, a great defense yet again, Joe. Uh, a pass-catching unit that is, to me, one of the three best in the entire league. I have the Rams winning this division at 13-4, and Joe. So I like that plus 190 a whole lot on L.A. What are your prospects for the Rams this year?
5: Yep, you nailed it. I take him to win the division. I take him to win the conference. I'm betting him to win the Super Bowl as well. I I can't find the weakness. See, that's the thing. What's the weakness with the Rams? Losing Cam Akers at running back? Yeah, that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt a lot. He's a very good young player. They were counting on him. But they've got depth at the position, and McVay is a genius when it comes to drawing up plays. Alright, as much as I like Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, McVay's the better coach, and he's shown it year in and year out. What's the worst record Sean McVay's had in his time with the Rams? I think it's a nine-win season, right? He's gone on the road. He's got an impeccable record on the road, which when you're looking at metrics to determine how good a team really is, turnover differentials obviously very important, pressure rates very important. Look at road records. Okay, bad teams do not go on the road and win. Good teams go on the road and find ways to win and keep compete on a consistent basis and that's what that's what golf or excuse me that's what McVay has speaking of golf who I just mentioned to to get as much as he got out of that guy during that stretch he was there wait until you see how bad Detroit's going to be with this kid when he gets there (laughs) McVay going to Matthew Stafford is as big an upgrade as you'll find at any positional group that was made throughout the NFL over the course of the offseason. I'm not saying Stafford's going out there and winning the MVP, although I put a little bit on it because it's sitting around 20-1. to But he's going to come into L.A., he's going to have the narrative, he fits what McVay wants to do, he's smart, he can process information. Jared Goff could not process information. Like, if McVay wasn't force-feeding and spoon-feeding it to him, and the wide receivers weren't wide open, Goff couldn't make Stafford's going to be able to do that. This is a team that ranked number one in total defense, number one in scoring defense last year as well. There's probably going to be a fall off there. They lost their coordinator, Brandon Staley, to the Chargers. He's their new head coach. But ultimately, between the balance, the coaching, everything this team has shown, they're the cream of the crop in the division.
4: Joe Fordenball with us right now here on A Numbers Game. You can find him on the program, Bet on ESPN Plus and on Daily Wager. On ESPN two, Joe, I, I want to shift to the defending champions of this division, the Seattle Seahawks, obviously Russell Wilson still there, even though there's a little noise that he wasn't happy, but uh, all, 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 uh, all ends that ends well uh, there for Wilson still there in Seattle, a uh, plus two eighty for the Seahawks to repeat at Ben MGM, a win total of 10, Joe. Uh, I just can't get over. And again, it, it may be unfair to them, but the last data point that we saw in this team was looking completely unprepared in the playoffs on both sides of the ball against the Rams. Uh, Joe, I'm just, I'm just not certain at this point uh, that Pete Carroll is the right guy in Seattle. Still, it looks like the game has passed him by.
5: I'm not a fan of them. I bet the under on the win total. I, I would bet them no to to make the playoffs or miss the playoffs, however you want to phrase it. Now, truth be told, I've gotten burned on this. Uh, last year as well in the past I haven't been very high on Seattle for a few reasons one if you look at their record in one score games since 2019 i think it's something like 19 and 6 it's absolutely insane it is insane how things have broken their way at the end of games whether it's a big penalty that sets them up for a game winning field goal whether it's an opponent who misses a game winning field goal whether it's whatever you want to talk about they have found their way into position to win so many one score games and a lot of that a lot of that credit goes to russell wilson for being as good as he is future hall of famer and all that but ultimately that's not the type of mark that's sustainable. It's going to regress, and when it does, the team's going to fall off the deep end, and that's what I think is eventually going to happen, which is why I'm betting against them this year. They've got the receivers, but they've got some issues on the offensive line. Defensively, what do we expect? First half of last season, they were the worst defense in the league. Second half of last season, they turned it around a little bit, but that was the exact same time they went from being one of the best offenses to one of the worst offenses. So they get rid of uh, Brian Schottenheimer, the offensive coordinator, good riddance. The guy runs the ball way too much, but then they want to bring in a Sean McVay disciple, which okay, everyone loves what Sean McVay's done, but what have his disciples done? Right? Cliff Kingsbury's always linked to him. He hasn't done nearly enough with that team in Arizona. Zach Taylor, I believe, is a disciple. It's not going very well in Cincinnati. Some of the guys succeed, some of them don't, but ultimately when it comes to Seattle, there's still something that's wrong behind the scenes. Like Russell Wilson with the most passive trade request of all time with that all, oh, I love Seattle, I don't want to go anywhere, but, you know, if I did, here's four teams for you. Like, something's wrong there. And they didn't do anything to clean that up, in my opinion. I know they brought in Gabe Jackson on the offensive line, but I, I, there's something off with the team. I'm betting against them this year.
4: Joe, uh, to, to, to finish out this division, this is a make-or-break year in Arizona. for Cliff, Kingsbury, After, especially after what happened the last two weeks of the season last year, a really bad loss. Uh, to the Niners, and then losing to the Rams in Week 17 to miss the playoffs yet again. Uh, the Cardinals, the long shots in the division at 6-1 to one to win it. Uh, their win total at 8.5. Kyler Murray, you would hope, would take another step forward in year three, Joe. Uh, but is the right coach in place in Arizona? And what do you do with the 8.5 on their win total? So
5: there's a lot of talent here, right? This would be one of these teams that you'd be looking at to buy their stock based on what we've seen the last couple years and where they continue to move a lot of talent. Offseason, they make some key acquisitions. I'm not as high on the J.J. Watt signing as everybody else. Watt can't stay healthy. I mean, I know he's great on social media, and he's going to the Hall of Fame, but I don't know if at this point in his career he's that much of a difference maker. You also lost Patrick Peterson in the secondary, but ultimately all that stuff can be offset by Cliff Kingsbury, who's not a good head coach, and that's what it comes down to for me. I want to get behind Arizona, but it's a really tough division in which they're the fourth-best team out of four. They're going to have a lot of tough games throughout the course of the year. The second half of last season when Murray got dinged up, the offense fell apart. Kingsbury manages that team out of games. Go to the Miami game. Every single decision that guy made in the second half, he put his team in a worse situation. Like, the job of the head coach is to put players in a position to make plays so they can win the game. Kingsbury does the opposite. He puts his players in a disadvantageous situation, and then they have to fight an uphill battle the rest of the way. The Miami game was one they should not have lost. The New England game was one they should not have lost. But they did because they have a coach who's not very good with decision-making. And the thing is, no one should be surprised. His head coaching career at Texas Tech, there was nothing. Both previous coaches, uh, Leach and Tuberville, had better records. This is a guy who had Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback and couldn't do anything with them. Like, they couldn't do anything. Mahomes goes to the NFL and immediately starts winning MVPs and Super Bowls. It says a lot about Kingsbury as a coach coach like the guy wasn't that organized so sure he could design some plays but ultimately when they need him to manage the game when they need them to be put in a position that's advantageous versus the opposition he's not he hasn't shown he's capable of doing it so with the win total it's a pass for me it sounds like an under but they've got so much talent to go eight and nine it feels like such a miss of a season but I wouldn't bet him to make the playoffs I would play the no there it's going to be too tough to get by the Rams and the uh the 49ers and if I'm wrong on the Seahawks, that's another tough team they got to
4: get by. To miss the playoffs, to bet MGM on Arizona, it's minus 225. uh, To make the playoffs, plus 185 on the Cardinals, who, again, I I think they're pretty clearly last in this division unless if something really changes. Or, again, you can outplay your coach. We've seen that uh, plenty of times in this league. Joe Fordenball with us. Here on a numbers game on V-Cindy sports betting network. Of course, Joe on daily wager on ESPN two and bet on ESPN plus. Get him on the tweets at his name at uh, Joe Fordenbaugh. Joe, before we get to some baseball plays, of year as yours, I got to ask. Uh, of course, Aaron Rodgers. He's in Green Bay. He's wearing a uh, a great NBA Jam style T-shirt with uh, Kevin Malone and the bowl of chili he dropped. Uh, and of course, we saw crazy movement in the betting market when it looked like. Uh, At least some books thought Aaron Rodgers was going to step away uh, from the game, but now we know he's back. What what do you expect out of Green Bay this year, of course, coming off of being one step away from being in the Super Bowl a year ago?
5: All right. First off, let what happened here be a message to all of us. The next time a star quarterback starts threatening that he's not going to play, he's going to play. This is not the NBA. The fact that we think these guys, when they leak this stuff, have any leverage whatsoever, they don't. Deshaun Watson tried to get traded, Russell Wilson tried to get traded, Aaron Rodgers tried to get traded. They're all going to be playing for the same team this year, assuming Watson doesn't have the league shut him down for the year for his off-the-field issues that he's currently dealing with. Right? This is not the NBA. The leagues have control. So now you take a look at what's going on with Green Bay, and you ask yourself, with him back in the fold, how do you want to bet him? The prices have come down dramatically. I mean, yesterday was one of the first times I saw them to win the division, Uh, as anything other than an odds-on favorite. It was around plus 120. And I think there's still some value out there if you want to play them now. Ultimately, I don't like him to win the division. I'm playing the Minnesota Vikings. And this had nothing to do with Rodgers' holdout. I think the Vikings are going to be a very good football team this year. Okay? Mike Zimmer, the head coach last season at the conclusion of that year, said that he, that was the worst defense that he has ever had in his NFL career. And he's been coaching defense since the early 90s. That says something. So, what did the Vikings do? They went out, they brought in Patrick Peterson. They brought in Dalvin Tomlinson, Mackenzie Alexander. They addressed the issues. They've already got a top-five offense, and this is a team that benefits – greatly from home field advantage. Alright, two years ago with fans in the stands, they were 6-2 and two at home. Last year they were 3-5. and five. They need the crowd noise. That is a significant home field advantage. There's a lot there to like. I think they're a huge bounce back candidate. I'm playing Minnesota over on the win total. I'm playing them to win the NFC North. But, right now, you're not getting the best price. Let Rodgers come in. Let Rodgers say all the right things. Oh, I love it here. I can't wait to compete for another Super Bowl. That's just business. I'm glad we got it done let the price go back up let everyone hype the Packers then jump in on Minnesota now is not the time the time was a few weeks ago and the time will be in the future but right now with the Packer line suppressed you want to sit and you want to wait unless you want to play Green Bay because now would be the time to strike on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers
4: Joe we have about uh, about a minute here uh you have a few plays in baseball uh give me of the of the one that of, of the multiple plays you have which one is the one you like the most today I think if you play the Tigers the
5: Twins, you're getting a really good price. Detroit should be an underdog in this game, but they shouldn't be plus 175. They've got a better record. They've got a better run differential than Minnesota. Kenta Maeda, the righty, is going to pitch for the Twins today. Career-worst ERA, career-worst ERA plus, career-worst whip, career-worst home run per nine innings. He's not having a good season, and they're sitting there at plus 175 for Detroit. Like I said, they should be a dog, but not a dog that big. You are getting some value playing the Tigers today.
4: Great stuff with Joe Fordenbaugh. Get him on the tweets, at Joe Fordenbaugh, of course. Find him on uh, on Bet on ESPN Plus and, of course, Daily Wager daily on ESPN2. Joe, thanks for being with us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it. Of course. Of course, Joe, uh, now, uh, now in Vegas uh, permanently uh, after uh, spending a long time in San Francisco. Great to have Joe on with us this morning. Uh, one, one, one thing I want to look at here, and by the way, the right now the Packers numbers are starting to drift back to where they were pre uh, the Aaron Rodgers uh, fictional potential retirement. Uh, but uh, you're starting to get back to the point, if you agree with Joe where you probably can dive in on Minnesota uh, to win the NFC North. We'll have the full NFC North preview uh, tomorrow. I'm really interested to see uh, where I come down on the Vikings uh, because we know their offense is really good. But even with those additions, I'm still not buying that defense, even with a guy like Mike Zimmer who knows how to coach defense in this league. When we get back, we're going to go to the 49ers. They're healthy again, but there's questions at quarterback how long until we see Trey Lance? We discuss it next as we continue on in our NFC West preview here on a numbers game on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. V. Sin, brought to you by Bet MGM as it always is. Big thanks to Joe Fordenbaugh for being with us. Uh, Mark Borchardt's going to have some baseball plays at the end of the program here today, but we got to get back into our NFC West discussion, and we're going, going back to California. Let's go to NoCal this time. San Francisco 49ers, who had a—look, it was a disappointment last year, 6-10 and 10 after losing the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs the year before. But look, when you have the most amount of players— for your salary cap hit on IR of any team in the NFL, your season's going to go wayward. You lose Bosa in week two. Garoppolo is never really healthy. Injuries galore. Uh, COVID issues through the year as well. This is just one of those where you just burn the tape and move on to the next year for the San Francisco 49ers, who, look, the betting markets expect the Niners to be back in form from what we saw two years ago. Maybe not quite the NFC champion that we saw, but the Niners' win total is 10. They are a heavy favorite to make the playoffs at so minus 175. They are the short shot at Ben MGM to win the NFC West at plus 180, plus 525 to win the NFC, and 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. But this team, the question only one big question here. How does Jimmy G handle having Trey Lance watching over his shoulder? Of course, the Niners gave up all that draft capital, moving up to number three to take the North North Dakota State product, Trey Lance, at number three. I anticipate Jimmy Garoppolo will start the year as the uh, San Francisco 49ers quarterback. And I actually think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end the season as the San Francisco 49er quarterback. And now look, I like Trey Lance long term. I don't think he's ready right away. There's just a, lot, a little bit of rawness to his game that I think needs to work out, and that would really help him sitting one year. If Jimmy Garoppolo, A, of course, has to stay healthy, that's the biggest thing, and B, plays well. And again, when Garoppolo's been healthy in San Francisco, Jimmy G has played pretty well. And Look, I understand in that Super Bowl he makes the throw to Emmanuel Sanders in the fourth quarter. Maybe the 49ers win that game. But you remember the first stretch when they traded for him from New England? They didn't lose when he started down the stretch uh, before uh, the uh, run to the Super Bowl two years ago. But Jimmy G, or excuse me, uh, the year before that, because of course Garoppolo tours ACL week two, uh, the year before the Super Bowl run in Kansas City. But it's the health questions for Jimmy G. Will he stay healthy? If he doesn't, they do have, again, even though I don't think Lance is ready, That is a pretty good replacement, especially with a good wide receiving core, a good run game, a solid offensive line, and a coach that, look, even with the problems that Kyle Shanahan has had through his career, still a top 10 coach in my mind and one of the three best offensive-minded coaches in the entire NFL. Let's look at the Niners' schedule here, and, and this is part of the reason that the win total is high and part of the reason that the Niners, at least to me, are a pretty solid, safe bet, even though you're laying $1.75, if you wanted to, to make the playoffs this year, assuming everyone stays healthy. Look at those first two games. I don't care they're on the road, but the Lions and the Eagles, to me, are by far the two worst teams in this conference. And you get them back-to-back to, back to begin your season. And look, uh, uh, Joe Ford brought it up, and he's 100% right. The Niners will just camp out on the East Coast after playing that week one game in Detroit and play that game in Philadelphia and get their body clocks all wound up and ready to go for back-to-back games in the Eastern time zone so you don't have your normal oh, West Coast team flying to the East Coast and playing an early uh, kickoff in Philadelphia. No, no. They're going to be all ready to go. And remember last, week, last year, week two, They hammered the Jets on the East Coast in week two. Two years ago, they hammered Cincinnati on the road. Granted, those are two very bad football teams in those seasons, even though if you watched yesterday, I think the Eagles are going to be every bit as bad as the Bengals of two years ago and the Jets of last year, at least early in the season. On the next three weeks before the the early buy in week six, tricky. You get Green Bay and Seattle at home good break there with getting those teams at home and again, the Niners went at full strength have really played Green Bay well in the last few years. Obviously, their Super Bowl run hammering them twice in the, in the regular season and then in the NFC title game at Arizona. Week 5 will be an intriguing game to see what the Cardinals are as a whole at that point and then uh, the rest of the schedule. Look, you got a good cross game at Cincinnati. You got that good cross game with Philadelphia and a good cross game as well with the uh, with the, AFC, with the NFC South as well uh, for uh, San Francisco. Again, a last-place schedule will always help. Niners go 11-6. and six. They bounce back. Double-digit wins. And Jimmy G is going to be the quarterback the whole year. He's going to hold on to the gig. We'll see Trey Lance in 2022, and he'll be the starter moving forward. But Garoppolo plays well enough. Niners in the postseason. Yet again, when we get back, we're going to look at Seattle, and we're going to look at Arizona. That's next here on a numbers game on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. Football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams. With our Veasan college football betting guide, plus you get power ratings on every team. Now is the gr- is the best time to get your all access Veasan subscription. Including, you get both our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. The college. Football betting guide out now. Get it today for just $19.99 at start. Or you can start your free trial of VEASAN. All access at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn here as well. Mark Borchard going to be with us in 10 minutes. Uh, This looks like this is official now. So I'll I'll just throw this out here real quick before we get back into the NFC West. Uh, Hockey news. That actually makes a little bit of a dent, especially here in Vegas. Uh, Darren Drieger of TSN reporting, and it looks like this is a, a done deal. Marc-Andre Fleury, the defending Vesna winner and the first member of the Vegas Golden Knights, is going to the Chicago Blackhawks. What's returning to Vegas, Jason Kahn? How about nothing? The uh, the Knights trade their first player for nothing to Chicago, so it's going to be the Robert Leonard era going forward for uh, for the VGK moving forward, uh, pretty amazing in all honesty that that can happen. Uh, let's uh, let, let's go back to the NFC West here. Uh, Seattle, defending division champions. Russell Wilson is still really good. That, that is that is the one thing Seattle definitely has going for them. Uh, wide receiving core again. Metcalf is an elite player. I, I, I love Tyler Lockett, one of the more underratedly great receivers in this league. Uh, Seattle plus two eighty to repeat as division champs. Fourteen to one to win the NFC. Thirty to one to win the Lombardi and ten to one to or excuse me, uh, ten on their season win total. They do have a tough game right out of the shoot. They have to go to Indianapolis uh, to play the Colts. Schedule's not the easiest for the Seahawks. The one downside, first-place schedule, uh, you, get a, <laughs> you get Washington on the road on a Monday night. That won't be easy with the way see, uh, the Seattle Seahawks match up with the Washington football team because of the elite uh, pass rush that uh, the football team has there in D.C. But look, here, here's the deal with Seattle. It's very simple. If Pete Carroll can get the antiquated football of running the football too much when you have an elite quarterback out of play here, Seattle will probably make the playoffs yet again, because Russell Wilson is still a top five quarterback in this league. The other concern that I have is I don't like the defense. I know they made improvements, but I'm digged the defense last year for the majority of the year was a bottom five defense. And Even with adding Jamal Adams last year, who, again, Jamal Adams already having problems uh, in Seattle with not liking his contract, and they don't seem any closer on an extension. So good luck to you, Seattle. Well worth giving them multiple first-round picks for a strong safety. But the Seahawks, there just aren't a lot of quality playoff teams in the NFC this year going into it for me. So Seattle's one of those teams where, yeah, maybe you look – added even money on to miss the playoffs for Seattle. The problem is, who are you putting in other than them? To me, it's San Francisco and the Rams are definitely going to be there. The Green Bay Packers will be there. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be there. And, of course, you're required to have one team out of the NFC East, which I think will be Washington. Other than that, maybe Dallas, maybe Minnesota, If New Orleans' quarterback situation works out, maybe the Saints, but there just aren't enough teams to slide in over Seattle. I still have Seattle as the sixth seed. Do I think they're really that good? No, not really. I think if you had a stronger, if you had stronger depth in the NFC this year, you'd be looking at Seattle missing the playoffs. But because the depth in the conference is not good enough, Seattle sneaks in on virtue of a Week 18 win against Arizona in that game that very easily could be a win-and-in scenario for the Hawks this year. So, look, I, again, the big issue, the defense will struggle. Russell Wilson does enough. They make it make the playoffs. And, I, look, for Seattle's sake, I really do – for the Seahawks' fans' sake, I should say, I really hope this is the last year for Pete Carroll. The game's passed them by. Won a Super Bowl, won national championships at USC. Oh, he's, a, he's a great coach, but the game's passed him by. It's time for him uh, to not to, to step away after this year. So Seattle gets into the playoffs, but they're not winning the game. But we want and done again for Seattle. Let's uh, let's get the Arizona quickly here because we have Mark Borchardt on the other side, Cardinals. Eight and a half to win total to make the playoffs, plus 185, minus 225 to miss the playoffs, six to one, the long shot to win the West, 18 to one to win the NFC, and 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. Of course, all those odds from Bet MGM. And Joe Fordenbaugh brought it up, and he's 100% right. The Arizona Cardinals, even with all the talent they have, especially offensively, until they get a new coach, they're not going anywhere or doing anything because Cliff Kingsbury is not an NFL head coach. And look, we know why he got the job. Great offensive mind. Uh, Creativity with, again, you want for a rookie quarterback that they drafted with Kyler Murray. Again, the, the, uh, the franchise making the right move. Saying, oh, well, Josh Rosen is not what we thought he was. Cutting bait quickly and taking Kyler Murray with that first overall pick was the correct move three years ago. But this defense, I think, is overrated. I don't think J.J. Watt is much in the tank. Chandler Jones wants out. The question's a corner moving forward? This is a team that I don't think is going to be good on the defensive side of the ball. And Kyler Murray in that offense is not going to be enough to make up for it this year. And this is going to be the end of the road for Kingsbury. I have Arizona at 8-9, and missing the postseason. And again, you can't waste rookie contracts like they have. Three years, no playoffs, unacceptable. Kingsbury will be done at the end of the year. But if we look at their schedule real quick, and this is the reason also, too, on top of it, even though they have some breaks in there with a third-place schedule. One really unfortunate break for them is week six. Cleveland Browns, as your 17th game, is a brutal draw. The It's one of those odd years where the Seahawks, as a first-place team, actually get the better draw because the Steelers – I think you're going to be way down in Cleveland and Baltimore. Second and third, the Rams get Baltimore late in the season. The Cardinals get the Browns in week six. Brutal draw there for the Arizona Cardinals. But look, there's your by projected standings in the West. The Rams at 13 and four. The Niners at 11 and six. The Seahawks at 10 and seven. The Cardinals at eight and nine. This is a three-playoff team division. So, I gave out a wild card to Dallas yesterday. Two here. It's division win winners, and that's it. The last two days of the NFC preview here on a numbers game where we'll get the NFC North with Aaron Rodgers, of course. He's still playing, not retiring. We'll break down the Packers and more tomorrow on the program. But coming up next, Mark Borchard. his thoughts on the trade deadline coming on Friday, and he has some plays for a Tuesday on the MLB Slate. That's next on a numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network.
0: if you dare.
4: Fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using bonus code VSIN600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use promo code VSIN600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. The new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 or older to place a wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C. or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gambling. Please gamble responsibly, I should say. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey. Pennsylvania and West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line, 1-800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is a numbers game here on v the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jeff Parles, happy to be with you here on a Tuesday. And now with us, you can get them on the tweets at Base Winner, the Base Winner podcast, and clear data sports. It is Mark Borchard. Mark happy uh, to have you on this morning. Before we get into your two plays of the day, the trade deadline of course is on Friday. There's a lot, a lot of rumors flying around right now, but as you sit here uh, about 72 hours before the deadline, who do you expect the biggest name to be moved? Who do you expect that to be?
6: Oh, that's really a hard question. Um, I, you know, the way I'm playing this, this trade, trade deadline is, and I would suggest everybody kind of does it this way. Is just, you can wait five days until, you know, everything's, everything's settled and then you can kind of, kind of assess, you know, who, who won, who lost, because I think trying to figure it, figure it out is, is almost impossible. And in, in my opinion,
4: Mark, uh, again, uh, your numbers will, will change as as you do. You, you'll update it as the trades go along. Uh, I asked you this on Friday because the one big one that happened last week was Nelson Cruz. How much did you end up adjusting the raise in the AAL East?
6: Well, it was so interesting because uh, when we talked on Friday, you, you said, well, you know, off the top of your head, how much do you think it's going to affect their percentage to win that division and I had him at the time at 50% and I I thought well it's probably going to be about two or three percent and as soon as I plugged it in I plugged it in that afternoon it really made a difference it changed it to like 57 58% and it was interesting because uh, I didn't think it would be that much but we had a guy named Taylor Wells in there Mm -hmm. where he replaced Taylor Wells in that particular lineup slot and Taylor Wells was like a 75% uh, you know projected our way to runs create a plus runs run number however you want to call it. Uh, you know 75% of league average and cruise is like. 38 39% in our projections above league average so it really made a difference. In that particular. Projection and and I was really surprised I thought it would be about uh, like maybe 3% tops and it's sh- it turned out to be about seven and a half percent. But uh, I've adjusted the. Uh, I've, I've made some adjustments to. Uh, to account for lineup changes and and stuff that that occurred over the weekend including the the uh the actual wins and losses that occurred over the weekend i've got i think this is a really good opportunity to to get the raise i've got them at 61 percent they're priced up at like plus 145 i think this tampa bay team's a good play you know now who knows what's going to happen uh you know in the next five days I, I don't know. I don't think Boston's going to really do much. I don't really anticipate them doing doing that much. But but who who knows? Again, it's really hard to tell. Jeff,
4: the uh, Rays right now bet MGM down to plus one fifteen to win the division. Uh, the Red Sox have won in miraculous ways back to back nights uh, against the Yankees and the Blue Jays, respectively, to push their lead to a game and a half over Tampa Bay uh, as we enter a Tuesday slate in MLB. Mark Borchard with us right now at base winner on the tweets. Mark, let's uh let's dive right into it. And and uh one of your favorites this year has been Robbie Ray. He's on the mound tonight for Toronto at Fenway Park. Garrett Richards, who has had a mess of a season, goes for the Red Sox. Uh I, the Blue Jays a road favorite here behind Ray. Uh a minus 130 consensus right now uh for tonight's game, Mark.
6: Yeah, I have it priced at minus one hundred forty-seven. I really have kind of turned the corner Jeff on Robbie Ray. I remember betting against him a couple times early on in the season, but he really has produced some some very good uh uh sabermetrics uh underlying sabermetrics. He's been he's been really good with swinging strike rate. Uh, expected walk rate—that's percentage of balls to total pitches—and then hard hit per nine allowed. In fact, if you look at his uh, game log over the last five games, it's pretty amazing. Against Seattle, he was an 82nd percentile uh, in those three metrics. Tampa Bay, he he faced twice, 82nd percentile start, a 96th percentile start. Against Texas, he was an 89th percentile start, and against Boston, he was. An 80% start, and if we look at the uh, the base winner ERA, and that's at basewinner.com, he's ranked 14th overall in baseball. He's got a base winner ERA of 3.25, and compare that to Garrett Richards. Garrett Richards, 170th out of 209 pitchers, a 5.54 base winner ERA, and uh, for all those reasons, I think this Toronto uh, team is a really good value play here at uh, minus minus 130. Uh, call it, we'll call it that, Jeff.
4: Total 11 on this one. Again, Robbie Ray going for the Toronto Blue Jays tonight. Uh, Mark on the Jays at minus 130 on the road at Fenway Park. Uh, Mark, uh, I'm going to tell you right out of the gate on this second one. You 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 have a lot more fortitude than I on this second play tonight. Uh, it is the battle of the bad in Arlington tonight. The Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks Um, <laughs> The Rangers have lost 12 in a row and are 35 and 65. The Diamondbacks are a hearty 31 and 70 on the year. And Texas is favored in this one with Dane Dunning on the mound up to a minus 138 on Texas right now, plus 128 on the take back on Arizona here Mark.
6: Yeah, I thought it was a peculiar line. I mean, there's there's probably rare occasions where a team has lost the last 12 straight but they're they're sitting at a minus 135 favorite and, and I just thought that that was really peculiar but if you look inside the numbers in this game. One of the things that I like to look at when I'm handicapping a game is how lucky a team's been. Uh, versus how unlucky the other their opponent been. Or look look at both of those teams so. Texas although they're 35 and 65 uh, on the actual standings. They really should be a little bit better than that. They should be about 42 and 58. And then if you look at Arizona, they're 31 and 70, and that's about what they should be. They should be about 32 and 69. I think we get a a talent advantage here. And then if you look at the base winner ERA, we have an edge there with uh, Dane Dunning. Dane Dunning, 4.09 base winner ERA, which is a little bit better than average. And then we got Taylor Widner at uh, 4.9 base winner ERA, which is about, seven tenths of a run below average. So for those reasons I like that the Texas Rangers and then the other thing that I do like about Texas and we talked a little bit about this uh, on this sh- on the show regarding their bullpen. I've got this three-metric chart. Again, it's expected strike percentage, hard hit per nine, and expected walk percentage. And they're actually ninth in baseball uh, by those metrics. And then if you look at Arizona, Arizona's 29th. So I think we get a starting pitching advantage. Uh, We get an advantage uh, in the bullpen. And also, uh, Arizona's been so much better offensively at home than on the road. That kind of factors into my analysis as well. So for all those reasons, I like the Rangers here. I'm going to lay the minus 130, Jeff.
4: The Rangers finally had a lead in the game on Sunday uh, after going 10-plus games without a lead and, of course, naturally ended up losing that game to the Astros. Uh, Mark, uh, before I let you go, I I just have to ask you about this because the Seattle Mariners, we we discussed this a little bit last week, the Mariners, all they've done since we talked on Friday was win a series against the A's. And then down six runs to the Astros last night in the first inning, come back and win on a walk-off grand slam by Dylan Moore, eleven to eight. Seattle's a game behind the Oakland A's. We know what the what the what the raw data says that they should be well under five hundred with a uh, with with a negative forty four run differential. Excuse me, a uh, negative forty eight run differential uh, after last night. But Mark, at some point, do we just start saying that they're just outplaying the numbers and this is what this team is? Or will the numbers finally win out on this team at some point?
6: So it's a good it's a really good question Jeff and and first I wanted to say like how lucky they've been. So they're 55 and 46 but by by, by my component stats they should be 44 and 57. So they're the second luckiest team in baseball but one of the things they've got that, that has, has really performed well for them is their bullpen. And they are eighth in baseball by that three metric chart and they're second in the last. 30 days by that three metric chart. Having said that my long-term projections for the components of their bullpen, they're not very good. So I think this team's going to regress. I I don't really, really see them continuing to, to, to play above their heads, Jeff.
4: He's Mark Borchard. Again, uh, the the plays for today, he's on the blue Jays and he's on the Texas Rangers tonight. uh, Looking for the Rangers to snap the 12 game losing streak. They're on, you can get them on the tweets at base winner, the Base Winner podcast, and, of course, Clear Data Sports as well. Mark, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. We'll do it again on Friday.
6: Thanks, Jeff. Sounds good.
4: Absolutely. Always good to talk to Mark. And hopefully we get a 2-0 get a oh day uh, for, from, the, uh, from the Blue Jays and the Texas Rangers uh, as we play along uh, on, a, again, the final week of July. You have three days till the deadline. The deadline this year on the 30th because MLB did not want players getting traded in the middle of Saturday afternoon games, even though we know Major League Baseball doesn't really play Saturday afternoon games anymore. But deadline, 4 o'clock Eastern on Friday. So a lot of pieces to be moved from now until then. And it's a big-time buyer's market this go around. And those sellers, I think, are going to be able to get a lot more than they usually would for some rentals. That's all the time we have today. Big thanks to Drew Dinsick, Dwayne Colucci, Mark Borcher, Joe Fordenbaugh for joining us today. We're back tomorrow. The Lombardi line is next here on Visa and Nice Sports Betting Network.